Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and our livers are being invaded by beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. And starting with the beer. So this beer is from Captain Lawrence, and it is called Interstellar Fog. Uh, it is a NEPA, has double dry hop with Comet, Mosaic, and Simcoe hops. And I chose it because it has uh, two two connections. Well, one one better than the other. Actually, they're both pretty shitty. But interstellar, because, you know, space shit, even though the aliens come from Mars, which is totally from the same star system. Uh, and comet hops, because that's a space thing. So, yeah, I figured close enough. It's our podcast. We could do what we want. Yep. And it is a very, very sweet IPA. It's It doesn't have that kind of... That like heavy dankness that you get from a lot of other double New England IPAs where you're like, oh shit, that's that is that's hops essence. Here it feels a lot more superficial, which continues the trend of Captain Lawrence producing beers that were kind of like, meh, not so great. Unless they want to sponsor us, in which case, man, do I love them. But it's <laughs> uh, it's just fine. I mean, I think they call it interstellar fog because they're going for the New England foggy thing, and it is definitely opaque, but it is just not... It's just not nothing to write home about. Nothing, not certainly not across you know galaxies, but you know aliens are in this book. So there you go. There are aliens, not from another. This galaxy. This is our second H.G. Wells book in weeks, actually. Yeah, wow, a couple months. I thought this one and was hopefully better. never again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better, but there's a very low, very low bar. Is I mean, it's a super famous book. It's a super famous story. There was that Tom Cruise movie that came out. Uh, oh, super famous turd. years ago. Yeah. It was okay. Where, okay, so, but it came out in... He made a whole religion about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of thetans in this book. Uh, <laughs> so, um, anyway, the book starts out with, like, the main character. Does he even have a name? He does not. Okay. Chauncey. <laughs> Cha- it might have been Chauncey. So they are definitely British. This is, they didn't say it wasn't Chauncey. They're in Chauncey Marysworth the third. He's in Esquire. Woking, which is a town in Britain. Um uh, it, uh very and, little naps taken there. Yes. <laughs> uh and basically he's just kind of like walking along one day in 1898 and Literal. Oh, uh, actually, no. First, there's a little talks a little bit about Mars. It talks a little bit about what people thought about Mars back then, and about how there's this other planet. And it also gives away the whole book at the beginning. Yeah, it does. It really does. (laughs) That an astronomer named Schiaparelli, an Italian astronomer named Schiaparelli, had used one of the most powerful telescopes at the time to look at Mars, and he actually was able to see something more than it being just like a pale reddish dot. And he, what he, he described this thing on it, which he called, okay, I forget the word he used, but it was translated as, he, he meant to say canyons, but it was translated as canals. canals into English. And then immediately when he published that, all the English language, like newspapers, said, there are canals on Mars. That means there are Martians. That means there are, you know, space aliens. And this was, this actually, this isn't in the book. This really happened. And I think this was obviously the inspiration for War of the Worlds because the beginning of the book uh, talks about these uh, people, astronomers could see these like things launching from Mars. It looked like comets leaving Mars, and they could see one, a new one, every night for 10 nights. I'm like, huh, that's funny, but didn't know what it was. And then a little bit later, and then a couple days later, days, ha, 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 that takes a lot longer to get to Mars. Yeah, I had a lot of questions about that. Not even the stupidest part of the book, but anyway, (laughs) then the main character, Chauncey... (laughs) Chauncey Billinghole Esquire. Billinghole. Uh, <laughs> Is a Billinghole what a prostitute calls her box? Because <laughs> she billed yes. for it. Yeah. <laughs> Accounts receivable. Accounts a, a receivable. <laughs> I knew it as soon as I said it. Like, I could have done better. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, 
definitely received something. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the main character dude, he's walking along and he sees like this thing just like fall down from the sky and land and it, like makes a big crater in everybody's and people. I mean, not that many people around because, you know, it was only the 1800s. But some people are kind of gathering around and looking at it. And then suddenly this like alien machine thing just basically like opens up or like breaks out of it and then starts like vaporizing people. That's heat ray. Oh, wait, I have a beer for that. (laughs) (laughs) This is called, this is from other half. This is called vapor rings. Vapor rings with a Z. It is a. Oh boy. A lot of words coming out. It's like white on shiny metallic lettering. So it is an India oat cream India pale ale. I don't like the word oat cream. Oh, so actually these are really OJ's good. lamer brother. <laughs> <laughs> he only killed one person. I've had <laughs> I've had some of these at other half before and they are very That's delicious. like their right, thing, anyways. oat cream. They do that in a lot of beers. Yeah, I, I've never seen anyone else do it and I really cannot read the percent. Oh wait, 8.4% is what it is. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. This is actually less <laughs> creamy. <all> you get. <laughs> less, less creamy than some of the other oat cream IPAs. Or you could say it's sort of like less juicy and thick as some of the other New England IPAs from uh, other half have been. But it is still very, very nice. They are delivering to Queens soon. I think they're delivering in your neighborhood, Jimmy. So you want to look out for that. I mean, they still have, they still have stuff like that at um at the store uh-huh. by me. So I still just go to the store because they have such you know they have every everything's fully stocked there. It's just you know just something you can't stay. I just don't want to leave my house. <laughs> I make I make trips, but very few. So I remember that happening at the beginning, but I remember it takes way too long to get to that <laughs> point. It's the whole that's the story of the whole book, really. Yes, like you summed up the first third of the book right there. Yeah, pretty much, and. The uh, alien monster machine things have what, what is basically a laser, what we today would recognize as a laser, except lasers weren't going to be invented for another 60 years. So it's just like a heat ray with a parabolic mirror. It's like when humans do that to ants. That can de- <laughs> that's, that's actually largely what it is, yeah. <laughs> it's a giant magnifying glass that it, this machine is using on people. And it, uh, yeah, it definitely causes some vapor rings and vaporizes lots of people. Vaporizings. And so from that point, there is, uh, aliens are melting people or bursting them into fire. and Everybody's freaking out a little bit, but not in town because town is a little while away and no one knows yet. And they're like, oh, some aliens landed. Everybody's like, oh, that's interesting. Bish bosh. Stiff upper lip. <laughs> They're very British. And then there is a lot of plot that really doesn't matter at all. It was kind of like, but it was was actually a weird in that it was kind of like just like action scene after action scene after action scene of just like the monsters just like killing shit and the people trying to fight back, but it had almost no effect at all. Like at one point, the British army or whatever sets up artillery and starts shelling them because that was like the big technology of the day and it has almost no effect on them on the on the martians they would need to wait till world war one to use that shit for real yeah i mean from what i remember the problem with all these action scenes was that they uh, most of them took place from the point of view of this of chauncey (laughs) and he was like watching from afar and hiding. So it's like, and then this happened, but I was hiding and I didn't see most of it. And then I heard this happened too and it didn't work. And I was like, okay, thanks for letting us know. The question we'll get to later, but maybe now, is Chauncey a bitch? Is, I think this is a perfect... The answer, the answer is, yes. is yes, right? I mean, I guess if the world was being invaded and you had no way of stopping it and you were just a regular guy, it makes sense to run. So he's not necessarily a bitch. But he hooks up with a bunch of lamos, and then he smacks that priest around. I guess he's not a bitch. Yeah. 
He does smack the priest around, and he gets it. He, he finds his wife and brings her to another city, and then decides for I don't even remember why <laughs> that city is good. It's like I better go back to the other place. No one's ever going to Reading or whatever fucking British city he went to, <laughs> some shitty township. And then he finds, and then he finds Swindon. out that they, the aliens burned down that place, and his wife is probably dead. And he's like, oh man, I have to get a new wife. <laughs> oh well, it was time to trade up anyway. Yeah. But yeah, they, they they try to fight them back, and part of the thing that makes this book so important in the sci-fi canon, and everyone knows the fucking plot. We don't need to go through the plot that much. They, they, they this is the first book that has this kind of story, you know, where aliens from another realm come, and Earth, even like the advanced Earthlings, like you know the people in the West in the eighteen nineties, the you know, British and the Europeans and the Americans. Even they are getting their asses fucking handed to them. So uh, apparently, uh, and this is of course from the venerable Wikipedia, uh, this the idea came from reading about how the British interacted with the native Tasmanians. Oh yeah, I, I wrote that sentence down because it was pretty amazing. He, it actually, he's it's in the book. Yeah. So this is an example of how science fiction authors are actually like closet historians and what they're sort of basing history story on are, are exactly things that happen in history. In this case, it was the experience of Europeans meeting the indigenous peoples of, you know, name every indigenous people. Insert and country Definitely here. North America and South America and the Caribbean, but he mentioned specifically Tasmania. How do you say that word? O- Oceania? Oceania? How do you say what is that? Oceania. Oce- I feel like people say it with too many or that- too few vowels. <laughs> it's Oceania is what it looks like on paper. And then I hear people saying Oceania. Yeah. You're like, all right, sure, why not? Or Oce- That's the Irish, the Irish pronunciation of it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I... I wrote the sentence down. It was, uh, the Tasmanians, in spite of their human likeness, <laughs> were entirely swept out of existence in a war likeness. of extermination waged by European immigrants in the space of 50 years. It's like, oh, they weren't even human, and we wiped them out. Imagine what happens to real humans. You know, this white was, this was yeah. like They were like humans, but not really. I can't believe it's not human. <laughs> That's what it's saying. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> they were, uh, I mean, this was the time of uh, eugenics, so... People are looking at, uh, they would have definitely, the, the term I would imagine would have been used in the 1890s to describe the Tasmanians would be atavistic. You know, that's the, they're, they are like a, a backward step in evolution. Because people, the bumps on their head say that they're in well, Totally, but in, in, the, in, the, in the late 19th century, and to this day, frankly, a lot of people view of evolution as this um, unstoppable march towards perfection you know it's always moving towards an improvement which is not how evolution really works and of course if you're the person who's smart enough to notice this you're like well we are clearly the last step we are like right there dudes and anybody who's not living like us is the shitheads who have fallen off the path somewhere and and the word for that is atavism they're they're called uh still to this day the developing world but i thought that's more economically than anything else Kind of, but it still implies that, like, oh, they're not ready yet. They're not white people. That is, that is what developing world really means. They're developing into us, but they're yes. not. I don't yet. know if that's the origin of that term, <laughs> though, or if that's something that is projected. No, it isn't. The, I don't know if the origin, but it does break down that way in practice most of the time. Sure, and I mean that could be coincidence. I'm not going to say coincidence, but it could be. The, the, the things are inter, interrelated, right? The, peop, the places that were colonized yeah. and got their fucking shit pushed in were the people who were not white because they were from a different part of the world. You know what I mean? Like the, then I, like Ireland is basically the developing they'll, world. They'll, they'll call like, uh, they'll, they'll call like, sh- like Eastern European countries that are just in every way not very good. But then it'll be called the developing world. Kraut They're adjacent? They're just poor. I mean, kraut adjacent would be nice these days. Eastern Europe is basically shorthand for third world Europe. Like, they're just oh, yeah. hot they would garbage country. Developing. They're just shitty. I mean, these are the places where you set horror movies <laughs> where it's okay to kill a person for sport. 
It's like let's do let's, let's film that in Czechia. Okay, that's, that's just uh, Slovakia. That's fact. And then they went to the film and they're like, "Do you really want to kill him?" That is fine too, but it doesn't matter. You could spend all your money in there. It's one of the fucking shittiest movies I've ever seen, actually. <laughs> but we're talking about Hostel. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think Wells um, was vaguely progressive for his time to look at it this way. To say, like, man. Because what if the tables were turned? What yeah. if what would we do? white Western Europe or, or, you know, the mighty British Empire laid low by the invaders with their far advanced technology? Also, I think it is also about the, black, the brown people, specifically the African people and a certain stereotype about their prodigious members because the aliens are known as tripods. <laughs> and that's a term for a dude with a giant cock. So they are being conquered. That's definitely That's what, what he was, he talking was about going about. for. It's like, oh, it's it's these big dicked aliens coming for us. Our day has come. We have they have finally come for us. I think that's what he was going for. Except these aliens, these aliens are octopuses, so they have like six dicks. Those motherfuckers have like <laughs> six goddamn dicks. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So if you're if, and they're all enormous. if you're listening to this podcast to write a paper. You Quote never know who's going to get one. on that. <laughs> War of the Worlds is about dicks. It's a metaphor. I mean, have you ever noticed H.G. Wells make, make is sure an you anagram cite for us huge in your swell? <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. It's all fucking there. <laughs> Back to this dumb book. <laughs> yes. Now that we ripped the lid off it. It was pretty stupid. Speaking of, speaking of dumb books... I have this beer. <laughs> uh, this connection. is called Star Searching because they're looking up <laughs> by the stars and then aliens come and then fuck them up. Because there's a uh, 1980s uh, a talent show, show about <laughs> Star Search. show wants to conquer hosted by Edmund Band. And yes, Sinbad that's wins. exactly why. This is from... A collaboration between Timber Ales and Casa Agria Specialty Ales. Casa Agria makes good shit. So we'll see what it's like. We'll see if I find the stars. There's an India Pale Ale. Good Lord, that is a fucking beautiful masterpiece. Goddamn. It doesn't really say anything about it other than all that shit. It doesn't say like what it's made with or some weird little paragraph about a magical elf that laid an egg <laughs> or something. I don't know. There's nothing, but it's, it's goddamn good. You know, it's definitely a New England IPA. No bitterness. It's whatsoever. dry hopped with Citra and Galaxy. So, space things. Oh, did you look I it did up? look it up. All right. Okay. You did more work than me. But yeah, Galaxy, because aliens, and uh, they fuck up British people's shit. Because, you know, when they invade, they're going to start in the English countryside first. <laughs> Though I guess they're everywhere else, too, but they never definitely. really talk about it. Well, don't they fuck up the cities? Like... The only reason this guy's alive is because he's in the countryside. Well, they get there, but then they have to like walk very slowly. They, they make their way towards the city. From their Mars cannons, which shoot these aliens at the speed of light. But they come here because they're running out of you know Mars stuff. When they come to... We need more <laughs> stuff from Mars. Let's go get it on Earth. <laughs> Let's go take their shit. Well, looking at history, that's exactly what the British were doing. It's also because their food was so boring. <laughs> like, fuck, I would rather go try die of dengue fever conquering India to get a as little fucking nutmeg that's... in my life. <laughs> as long as there's some spice in my life, yeah. <laughs> if I eat porridge one more day, I'll just shit myself to death. Why did you describe the aliens as basically uh, like water tanks with legs? <laughs> The <laughs> lamest fucking aliens ever, by the way. Well, that's just the machines. They're like old school yeah, that, water that was towers. The, that was the tripods. Yeah, the tripod things. The aliens themselves were... Actually, the only interesting the part machine. of this book was the description of the aliens, where he like was in the basement and he like spying on them and like looking at their buttholes from afar or some weird <laughs> shit. Because <laughs> they were weird. I mean, and, you know, in 1898, that was pretty inventive for an alien. Well, how did he describe them again? They were octopuses, and they didn't have really any organs, and they didn't eat, and they communicated telepathically because they just weird gestures, and then they would, they would take syringes and suck the blood of all the humans and inject the blood into themselves. So they're basically like 
space vampires. Well, I, I, if you go balancing. back to the if if it is true the whole colonialism thing of like bleeding the people dry <laughs> to get what you want, it, it it carries through. I mean, nowadays, yes, I'm not sure he was going for that metaphor. <laughs> I don't know. It's there, man. If, if, if I was in English class, I'd be, I'd argue it. Oh, now, yes. I, I just don't see H.G. Wells being on the side of the colonized, since he said, in spite of their human likeness. But, you know. Well, this is the year. 1898 is also the year that Kipling wrote The White Man's Burden, which is actually... Oh, okay. Uh, White Man's satire. Burden, which is, actually a, which is actually satire about how white that you know the british and are sending specifically isn't he talking about the americans in that uh technically it was about the spanish-american war but you could read it as a he was probably talking about all of the west not just the british i mean not just the americans taking over guam (laughs) no the philippines sorry not just the philippines Mm. don't you dare insult guam not on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) the noble people of guam Unrelated, but H98 was also the year of the unification of New York City, in which New York, the five boroughs, voted to become one city, and Yon- and uh, Yonkers did not, and they stayed separate, and now look and where they are today. Them. Fuck them. That's why the zombies got there first. <laughs> but also, 1898 was the year of Nate's silver wedding anniversary, because... <laughs> 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 yes I remember to it well hand. That was your second wife <laughs> yeah. To his hand, Palmola <laughs> His first wife was Handria <laughs> That's really good <laughs> Nate's just thinking of how to edit this And make us sound like assholes <laughs> That's what he's thinking <laughs> Oh, that doesn't require editing. No, it doesn't. I would just leave it in. Um, so, all right. So, it's uh, the white man's burden thing. I mean, if that, you don't know the poem from high school, is uh, take up the white man's burden. It's like, go and do the white guy thing, quote unquote, and um, civilize the, the non-white world because that's the white man's job. But it's clearly very satirical, clearly very uh, saying at, at the same time, like it's not it's not good to do this. It's terrible. It's 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 like, you know, the stereotype of the British colonizer is that we're doing this to help them, you know, but really it's to help yourselves and you don't give a flying fuck what happens to those people. You're just there to get their stuff, to get their service, to get their land, whatever it is. And so that is probably built into this book on some level. There's a there's actually a uh, John Travolta movie from the 90s called White Man's Burden uh, where it's like in an alternate reality where like, it's like John Travolta... Where the, John, where these where a Xenu didn't send aliens? It's um it's like the roles in America have been reversed and like black people are the ones in power and white people are the ones who are poor and downtrodden. And Harry Jesus. Belafonte is in it. Being, uh, <laughs> it's, oh it's, no. It's is he the president? Wow. I have, I've only saw it like once on, you know, cable in nineteen ninety eight. It it was pretty terrible. But if we ever want to do a movie yeah. podcast, that should be an episode. <laughs> We could just do one episode, and it's just that. Just, well, there's like, how did this get made? That podcast where they just talk about how did this piece of shit happen? Oh yeah, that, that movie should be a thing. I've got, I've got questions about that one. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing, but I don't want to know about it. But I also do. Oh, you you need to. Well, during quarantine, this is the time to watch movies you'd never want to watch. You can't just watch Tiger King all day. You got to do some some other stuff. Yeah. Welcome to my world where I've seen almost everything dumb on Netflix because I just leave it on the background while I work. I've seen all these things. It's terrible. <laughs> I haven't seen the tiger thing yet. I'm sure uh, Mark, who I described as living the actual life of the Tiger King, he was like, they are 
they are the worst people ever. That was his description. It's like the worst people ever collect exotic animals and then kill each other. That was his summary. Like, well, I'm going to watch that shit now. Sounds like he hasn't worked in daytime TV like that. <laughs> <laughs> True. You've really those seen are the, the worst, worst people worst ever. <laughs> yeah. You know what those people need? They need a beer. So I didn't purchase this beer, but I get to drink it, which I feel a little pang of guilt about. God. Yeah, I'm not that much, I'm sure. I'll somehow make it through. Um, Nate brought this, I think. This is called Radio the Mothership. I did, yes. Imperial IPA from Collective Arts Brewing. It's it's fucking like seven months old, so hopefully it's not terrible now because it's been sitting around for a while. Uh. I think I bought that last summer. So it was canned September third of twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. So I'm Good sure Lord. it's going to be a little, little bit past. Might keep a little past what it would have been. What kind of IPA? It? So it's definitely lost the sheen a little bit. Not, yeah. It has a lot of head. Yeah, it definitely has that old IPA flavor where you're like, ah, oh, the hops are there, but there's something a little off there. The tea but it's nice. Flavor. Yeah, a very yeah. A little, a little tea. Uh, it's a fine IPA. It is you could tell it's a sweeter New England kind of thing. Uh, and looking here for any sort of story. Oh, it has a uh, mosaic citra and Simcoe, which you see those hop names so often, yet you don't really know what they taste like. I feel like mosaic is in almost every beer, and citra. 90% of beers. And then yeah. Sim, uh, Mosaic, Citra, and Simcoe are big time everywhere. All over the goddamn place. Up in your face. On your tripod dick. And, they, and it's fine. They're all citrusy, piney kind of flavors. Um, so it's a good beer. And what does this have to do with the book, Nate? As you wrote in the, po- in the, in the spreadsheet, it's at Mike's house, but he can drink it. Uh, what was your connection? Yeah. It's old <laughs> enough. Well, because, you know, the aliens come down in the mothership. Oh, yeah, there we go. And they use FM radios. <laughs> radio had <laughs> not been invented yet. Actually, actually, it's AM, it's AM radio at this point. All they have is 1010 wins. <laughs> <laughs> so every once in a while, the aliens stop what they're doing to report on traffic. And the weather. <laughs> every 10 on minutes. <laughs> We'll give you the world. Um, they want the world. Oh, shit. Well done. So then um, Chauncey. <laughs> uh, Chauncey Madrigal Billingshole. Madrigal? <laughs> his uncle was a musician. We're just going to make his name more British every time. But put it in like a Aberforth. Or a... Ooh, I do like Aberforth, too. Aberforth is a good one. Uh <laughs> He uh, he's hanging out with like the the priests and they are they get like trapped in a house right they get they get like uh, trapped yeah, under like rubble under under in a, in a basement of a place that got blown up either the church or a uh, another I, house from nearby. I thought it was when they were pillaged. They were trying to get food. They're scavenging. Yeah, and the and the priest just won't shut the fuck up the entire time. He's get me a boy. I need a boy. <laughs> it's been days. <laughs> he's like, let's check for food in this hole. This boy's hole? No, just. <laughs> Hole. You gotta, oh. gotta pay the troll toll if you want to get in this boy's <laughs> hole. <laughs> and uh, then they get trapped in the basement for like weeks, isn't it? Like two weeks they're in there. They're like, it's like two weeks. Yeah. How did they not they're die? Stuck there for two weeks. Just semen surra- has protein in it. They're just surrounded by jizz and, <laughs> and duty. <laughs> and and the one can of baked beans they found or something. Beans and on they, toast. Not a bad thing, by the way. But then they get into like a slap fight. You know, and he, <laughs> he, he, he smacks They're the British. With his glove. He's like, pistols at dawn. And then they duel. <laughs> but he he leaves them. And the aliens just, don't they take him? Don't they They take his fucking priest body? And they're like, it's time to probe you, boy. They, <laughs> they smush him into, you know, the, the vapor mist that fuels their tripods. Or make they make Kool-Aid out of them. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're using the people <laughs> as fuel somehow, which is really inefficient. They have like a like a nut sack that hangs off of the tripod full of <laughs> full of people, and they just like juice them every now and then. 
<laughs> I mean, it's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, over the two weeks, uh, over the two weeks that Chauncey has been stuck in the basement, he's like finally goes outside and he's like, "What's happened? I haven't heard what's happened in two weeks." And and he finally realizes by talking to some dude that the the aliens are dead. They're all gone. Like, even though they were, like, absolutely wrecking everyone, like, uh, everyone who tried to stop them, like, with almost, with no even difficulty at all, this is kind of just the end of the book where the aliens are just all dead. And they're like, what the hell? How did that happen? And it turns out it's because over that two weeks or so that the Martians were on Earth, they got infected with all of the human Earth diseases and died. Just fucking terminal alien poops. <laughs> just they just shit themselves. <laughs> yeah. to death. Oh man, oh it's terrible. They're just sitting on they an Olympus Mons of space cholera. <laughs> <laughs> they basically got the British, the alien version of the Brits getting dengue fever. Basically, they just, yeah. they just fa- it's like they lost Oregon Trail. They just all got dysentery. <laughs> There's a thing with uh, he sees like the uh, like a grass or some shit, right? Like a red alien grass, and he's like, "That's all dying too. That's weird." Yeah, they have they have some sort of like weird plant that travels with them and like starts spreading over the earth, like weird, like a weed, and then it just dies too. They don't really explain what that it was is like the or... first clue. Yeah, uh, there's actually kind of a funny passage where the main character. Whatever his name uh, is. It's Chauncey, uh, Chauncey Aberforth Billingshole, <laughs> son of Reginald Aberthurd Billingshole. Uh, Esquire. <laughs> the second. <laughs> Duke of Marlborough. Uh, where where he's in he's in London and but London has been like uh, largely destroyed. Um and he says how beautiful London looks now that all the smoke is gone. That without net, once all the coal, there's you, uh, London isn't just covered in coal smoke, and it's actually a really beautiful place. It's like they just showed that picture of LA where you can see the mountains nearby without all the smog, but it still is LA, so fuck LA. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the book. Oh, also, his wife uh, finds him at the end because I don't know, who knows? But yeah, it was dumb. It was mostly one guy watching from afar, something that could be cool, but they didn't talk about enough, and hiding. And then it was over, and they all died of butt aids or something. Uh, basically, they did die of Definitely. they did die of butt aids. It's true. Well, basically, they landed already having AIDS, and they got all the diseases. That must. Well, isn't that what actually problem. kills you when you have AIDS? Yeah, <laughs> it's like you, the other you have AIDS, and then <laughs> yes. you don't have an immune you have an immune system, so everything else kills you. They landed pre-AIDSed. <laughs> for her pleasure AIDS was already yeah. on deck alright uh, so this is a very early work of science fiction and with science, older science fiction novels one funny little or one interesting game to play as always so what did they get right you know what about like this futuristic alien technology was actually kind of very was actually very forward thinking and what was he actually right about Mirrors. There are germs. <laughs> so, okay, one the thing, the, one of the reasons why that happened is because the whole like concept that diseases are caused by germs was still pretty new in 1898. That's only when viruses and were discovered. Would, was the 1890s? That's when viruses were and identified as a thing. I'm sure there were many doctors in the world who still thought that diseases were caused by vapors. And being an immoral woman. Miasmas, yes, and being an immoral woman, exactly. Uh, uh, I'm sh- uh, and so this was a very new kind of concept. So he was incorporating the most, the latest scientific discoveries of his day when he put that in. And he was also talking about history because it was clear that when Europeans met the native peoples of the North America, South America, Oceania, or whatever, <laughs> that they, Oce- Oceania, McShane, Oceania, Oceania Twain is what it is. Ooh, I like actually. that one. <laughs> uh, that those people 
died of diseases by the millions. Both sides. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, no, actually, believe it or not, so there's a book called The Columbian Exchange, which I definitely had to read it's in college. It's a boring piece of like, ass a trash. And a couple of other things. And this is also sort of the premise of the book, Guns, Germs, and Steel by Jared Diamond, which is one of the most famous history books written in the last 25 years, uh, where Europeans had all the diseases and the Native Americans didn't. So Europeans spread all their diseases to the Native Americans and the Native Americans just died. It's almost like, especially because, you know, none of them, none of the Native Americans had any immunity to any of the diseases. And so everybody just got sick all at once. Kind of like coronavirus, which is why coronavirus is so much worse than the flu. But, uh, I mean, in the, in the context of this book, the invaders or colonizers also, a lot of them died of diseases that didn't exist where they're from. Like, like uh, millions of uh, colonists died, not millions, but, you know, because there weren't that many people then, but a shitload of people died uh, colonizing the southern colonies of, like, scarlet fever and shit. And when they went to India, they died of but dengue uh, in mass. Mal- Mal- oh, malaria. And, yeah. mal- and malaria. Still a problem. Um, so that is, like, definitely true. One of the things in War of the Worlds, as he says at the end, that, like, these diseases, these... This is our birthright. This is man's birthright. This is what we've earned, and this is what's going to protect us from these evil, from any space aliens. Although there's a major problem with this, and it's not that H.G. Wells could have known about how cells work, and it could have known about how DNA works at the time, but the way viruses work is they don't, they basically go into cells and then they hijack the cells like uh, infrastructure, you could say, all the different parts of the cell to make copies of the virus rather than make copies of whatever people's DNA is supposed to be being made mm. at the time. But here's the thing. They're so specialized. Viruses are so specialized. There is no way that they would work that viruses could have any effect on anything that wasn't a cell, that wasn't a cell with DNA. They just wouldn't do anything. It's the reason why almost no viruses have any effect on more than one species. Most viruses only infect one species, period. They can't do anything to another species at all. It's the reason why dogs don't get coronavirus. You, But they do often make the jump from one species to another. That's, that's right. Okay. Calm. That has happened many, many times. Okay. Viruses definitely make the jump from animals to humans. I mean, that is where coronavirus and pretty much all human diseases have come from. But it's it's like one in a billion chance. They make they make the jump, but ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, if you can be like around an animal that's sick and you are not gonna you are not gonna get what they have. Like, it happens, but, like, it only has to happen once in human history to, for, the, for the virus to make the, to have the mutation that makes it able to infect humans. It only has to happen once, but it's, like, one in a billion chance But it's happened a bunch of times. So, well, it does happen. Incredible ramifications. Okay, but the, the number of times, yeah, okay, a bunch of times, but we're talking, like, 12 times in human history. I mean, each of those yeah, 12 true. times have okay, been really flu, bad for AIDS, humans, really bad. Pox. But <laughs> considering, considering how much time humans have spent with our domesticated animals, it really doesn't happen very much. Like over centuries, over millennia, it's happened a small handful of times. That turned out to be really, really bad. I mean, when it did happen, but it's not the kind of thing where an animal is really going to get you sick. Unless it's bat soup, and then so don't, what? Don't Nate do is that. saying is keep fucking dogs. It's cool. It's almost never gonna be a problem. You're you're probably gonna be gonna yeah, be fine. Science. Okay, so I just want to give you a list of zoonosis, new zoonoses, whatever the fuck the plural is. According to Wikipedia, it's uh, African sleeping sickness, 
anthrax, a whole bunch of things I don't fucking understand. Bird flu. I, I can't even, cat scratch disease. That can't be real. Ted Nugent. That's not real. Chaga's disease, which I think Chaga wasn't that like weird child on Land of the Lost. COVID nineteen. Also, the name of a very minor character Chaga? in the first Game of Thrones book. Chaga. He's one of the hill people. What's a hill part? What do you mean? The mountain. The mountain. It, it's not important. Just. Uh, just, just Hantavirus. Leprosy. Lyme disease. Monkeypox. That's a real exciting one. Uh, Q fever. Oh yeah, for rabies. Rabies. We still. We still can't. Swine can, flu. You still die immediately. Oh yeah. Toxoplasmosis. Trichinosis. Tuberculosis. West Nile fi- fever. Zika fever. I remember that one. It's the scary thing. Like there's and there's a lot that I just couldn't even pretend to pronounce right now. So I didn't even try. Is plenty that have been responsible for like that is that. But it sounds responsible like a very for big like list and billions. In, in a of lot deaths. of ways, it kind of is <laughs> an unbelievable amount. Oh, oh, of oh, yeah, a huge number, huge numbers. In fact, there's a uh, there's a I, I read somewhere, and I don't know exactly how they calculated this, but that malaria has killed half of all the people that have ever lived. And malaria, by the way, is a originally a disease of birds spread by mosquitoes, obviously. Mosquitoes infecting birds that made the jump to humans. I think it's um, like the, the whole question with, um, with these diseases that kind of live in both worlds, like the human world and the animal world, is the, what's the quote-unquote reservoir? You know, where do they live when there's not an outbreak for humans? Like, where do they just kind of live? And that's why bats are so fascinating. Like, bats are the fucking filthiest creatures in the world. Mm-hmm. They're just flying rats, and they huddle together, and they all get things. And for whatever reason, many viruses have adapted to just live in bats and be cool with that. And the bats don't die, and they amplify it. Bat, the thing that so the way one of the reasons why all of these animals have the, all these diseases that they've been around for so many millions of years and don't humans discount have not. our Neanderthal ancestors. So humans haven't had the time. We're all six thousand years old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Except for that, I know. Like this, the coronavirus likely came from bats. But the thing is. Bats are actually they fight really cool. crime. I'm just saying it's came from because a pangolins. Now I thought they fight crime against the <laughs> pangolin. He's a bad guy in Batman's pangolins. <laughs> pangolins, yeah. <laughs> so bats, the ones especially the ones that eat insects, can eat bats can eat their own body weight in mosquitoes. Every night. That's a shitload you know of mosquitoes. You know how much mosquitoes suck? <laughs> it is. You know how much mosquitoes suck? But also... Fuck mosquitoes. I want bats. You have to eat a, so very many light. mosquitoes to make They're your own light. weight. so many mosquitoes. It's like me eating four billion mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of mosquitoes every night. Yeah, bats I'm are not cool. saying they're out, but they're filthy bastards. We'd be... We'd have a lot more itchy bumps without them. <laughs> Those of us who are alive <laughs> from not dying from the diseases they harbor. I mean, the way to end malaria is to just get bats everywhere. Well, no, because then they carry all sorts of other shit with them. That's why there's been billions of dollars spent on trying to eradicate malaria, and it's just never going to happen because malaria... Well, it's because mosquitoes suck that much. They suck so much of the dick, but they also... Uh, I think malaria is also carried by certain apes and... Yeah, or monkeys, or whatever the fuck the right word is for uh, apes. Great apes are chimps, orangutans, gorillas, and bonobos. Everything else is monkeys, and, except lemurs. Very high achieving lemurs can become great apes, but the rest yes. are just monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to have three whatever PhDs. it is, they 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 live in those populations. So we could eradicate. You know, you can give every single person in Africa like an anti-malarial whatever injection or something and get rid of their particular malaria, but the mosquitoes still carry it and the apes or monkeys, whatever the fuck that they are, are harboring and are the, uh, fuck was the right? The reservoir reservoir. Thank you. The reservoir, they still have it. So unless you want to just also kill every mosquito and monkey, it's not going away. It's just no way to get rid of it. 
You'd only need one fucking monkey to still have it. What if you just got all the monkeys to drink uh, gin and tonics? <laughs> gin, gin they and probably tonic. enjoy that. Well, is they, they would drink tonic, to tonic water has quinine in it, which is why, and it's a quinine or quinine, whatever the fuck you say it is, is uh, use, it's, it, it makes malaria. It doesn't cure it, but it treats the symptoms. Maybe if you got the monkeys drunk, they'd feel better. <laughs> Another uh, interesting space aliens technology, like futuristic, hyper-advanced technology is actually... So, first of all, is the thing with the lasers. I looked it up as I was reading this, that the laser was invented in 1960. But H.G. Wells pretty practically described how it would work or, or how it would look to an outsider... In 1898, with the uh, heat gun, the like the uh, Martians' heat gun. Another thing he, which was actually pretty remarkable, that he described is that one of the other weapons that the Martians had was basically like poison gas, like that was launched in a shell and then like spread this like like sort of mist that would just kill people. And that was an actual weapon used in World War One in you know nineteen eighteen, but it really wasn't invented until World War One. Like, Saren, like yeah, it wasn't absolutely. even, it wasn't even actually like made to work until that time. And H.G. Wells pretty much described a mustard gas attack twenty years before it actually happened. It would take years for the military industrial complex to catch up to that mustard gas technology. No. I did it. So, but still, why this book sucked so much? Why it was like not a fun book at all? Okay, so one of the problems with older science fiction is that it was more about the exploration of a concept than it was about plot, story, and characters. Than like a character-driven story. Because the main guy, not only did he not have a name... But he didn't matter. I mean, the book was told in first person from his perspective, and you just did not give a shit about him at all. And there was a bunch of chapters about from his brother's perspective, but that also didn't But it's mostly him describing, and then my brother did this, you know? And then he saw in the paper that something was happening in Woking, and there was a war happening. It was pretty stupid. This 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 book could have been one quarter the length and still gotten all the points across that he wanted to get across. I mean, there were some inventive, like, futuristic science fiction technology things, like, to a degree, except that the character, the characters were stupid. You didn't care about them. The plot wasn't very good. It's not like, it's not written like a modern novel. That's the problem. And that's why... A lot of older science fiction just isn't that fun to read. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas modern science fiction tends to be more about a character-driven story, a character-driven plot with a sci-fi uh, a setting or sci-fi elements in it. And I personally think that's just a lot more fun to read. Uh, I agree 100%. Uh, I can't imagine anyone in the Earth would disagree. That's fair. It's true. Like, I, is, is, is there someone out there who's only into, like, 1800 sci-fi or, like, 1920 sci-fi? If they are, they're fucking lying. I mean, if you're really fascinated in the science element and sort of the, like, history of thought kind of part of science fiction, like, what did people think the future was going to yeah. be like in 1898? I mean, you can read it on that level, but that's a very academic level, and it's not like it's not a fun to read level. At that level, you're worried more about the historical stuff and not really about the literary side of it. You're reading it as someone who's like, "What were people like?" Not like, "Is this a good story? Is this a story worth reading?" Which is, though, they're not. Yeah, ever. It's not. They're important for their ideas and what they contributed to the genre, but as you guys have just said, that's an academic exercise. That's not a in for entertainment exercise. People who really like sci-fi today are never be like, yeah, I like sci-fi, but you know, it's not as good as it used to be. 
If anyone says that, they're stupid. Unless, yeah. yeah. Send your hate mail to Jimmy at DrunkGuysBookClub.com. <laughs> That's not a real thing. It's it not. could be. Also, send your feet pictures to Jimmy <laughs> at DrunkGuysBookClub.com. I will take them, and I will write them all at one. You, there's no range? Some aren't better than others? Come on, dude. They're all the same. You are a sociopath. Somebody's gonna. Somebody's feet are gonna have a two. If they're interest, if they're interesting, I'll give them a three. What does interesting mean? I don't know. Is it, uh, you can't describe, it, but you know when you see. Very it. nice bunions. <laughs> and that's not very interesting. pronounced bunions. There. He'll he'll know yeah. it when he sees it. Oh, that's so gross. <laughs> oh, those Please are the send ones. your picture, your feet pictures to Jimmy, so we could just t- just tweet them at us, so Mike has to read them. <laughs> I respond to anybody who tweets at us. Yeah. And so tweet all your feet pictures I to Michael. Will. I'm not into I'm not Two. into feet, but I'm not out of them. Like I will I'll be like I'll evaluate them fairly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who should read this book today? Absolutely no one. Really no one. Yeah. Right. Only no a science fiction scholar type. You know, someone who wants to know the genre's history. Uber if nerds. you're getting your PhD in sci-fi, sure. If you want to understand the history of the genre, like you like sci-fi, you're like how did this all start? Because unlike most other genres of books today, science fiction has a pretty clear time when it didn't exist. So if you yeah. want, to, let's you 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 can't possibly read all of it, but you could read a great deal of it and, and the important works. And you might, you know, some people will be inclined to say, "Let me read it and see how it developed over the century and a half that it's existed." Then this would be a worthwhile read, I suppose. It's not very long. It's just not great. If 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 you are that weird that that's what you're into, then yes, you should read this. But for the other ninety nine point nine percent of people, no one's going to get anything from this book. Yeah, there's not much to gain. I mean, there's plenty of old sci fi that's you know worth reading for one reason or another. This is not one of them. That's all the shit from the fifties, probably fifties and on. Is worth reading. Yeah, at least that has some like. Even if it's hokey, it's like interesting. This is. It's not just because it's old. It's just it's old or not. If this had been written in the fifties as it was, it still wouldn't be good. It was very popular, dude. It still is very popular uh, with sci-fi nerds. So this is responsible for the uh, biggest hoax and the biggest hoax about a hoax in American history. Oh, the Orson Welles thing. Yes. Well, everyone heard this radio show of this going on, and they raced outside. They thought it was really happening. It's always a hoax. But then it turns out that never actually happened. It was a hoax that it was a hoax. Yeah, I can't believe anyone fell for it. But I remember my middle school social studies teacher telling us that. Radio shows were very common. Well, radio was the only thing at the time. It was a thing that everyone did all the fucking time. People were dumb, but they weren't. They weren't fooled by because it was on the radio. They thought it was news. Well, I think I thought they pretended they would say like they pre- framed it as a like news bulletin. This is this just breaking in from wherever. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure some people were freaked out, but the the story goes that it was like mass hysteria and like people were running out into the streets thinking the world was ending, but and like jumping off of buildings. Yeah, like nothing really happened. Oh yeah. I always thought that was silly. Anyway, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. Oh, and if you've waited this long, don't wait until, uh, you know, the world gets invaded by very sickly aliens to leave us a review or check us out on Patreon, where during these hard times, you could also, you know, throw a couple bucks our way to help support the podcast. Support the arts, just like NPR. We're not getting a bailout, unlike NPR. And you won't get a tote bag. And uh, check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening.